Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church Podcast. Here you'll find archived all of our previous messages dating back to late 2020. Our hope is that today's message would be encouraging to your walk with Christ. We also want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get to it. Good evening, everybody. For the uh, next several weeks, or until Pastor DJ says that's enough, I'll be speaking on Wednesday nights out of the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Some of you may have um, heard me speak before, I believe, um, probably just before COVID, uh, I gave one uh, lesson on Nehemiah, and so you may have heard this before. Um, For those that uh, were in a, a Sunday school class probably a decade ago or so, you may have heard everything. So if you remember that, you know, very good because I don't. Some of this is new. And so the book of Nehemiah is one of my uh, favorite, if not the favorite, in the Old Testament. And I hopefully, uh, together, we can gleam you know, how we can look at Nehemiah and how it can benefit us today in 2023 America as Christians. And, and there's a lot of similarities there. And so we're going to go ahead. Uh, a lot of these we will not be going verse by verse. But Nehemiah chapter 1 is fairly short, and so we're going to go ahead and read the chapter, and then we will go ahead and get into uh, tonight's uh, lesson. But the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 1, says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in the Shushan, the palace. Then Henani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left, excuse me, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and Confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept thy commandments, nor statutes, nor judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, thy word, and thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. 
And these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by the strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants, who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So today we want to start by looking a little uh, history um, about Nehemiah, where we are, and uh, take a look at what's going on in chapter 1. So the title of this is The Necessity of a Burden. The Necessity of a Burden. So a little bit of history. From the prophets of Daniel, we learn that after the Babylonian Empire, the successors were to be Persia, Grecian, and the Roman kingdoms. As we come to this book of Nehemiah, we now see that Persia is in power. And Nehemiah is a slave, a cupbearer to the king in Shushan, the capital city. Seemingly, God has given a sympathetic ear to the king of Persia. At that time, it was Artaxerxes, toward the Jews. About 50,000 had already been allowed to return and to begin rebuilding the temple. That was under Zerubbabel. After many discouraging events, the temple construction had ceased with the foundation. God then raised up two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to motivate the people to continue building. Ezra returned with another remnant and helped with this great task. Now that the temple is rebuilt, Nehemiah is burdened of God to rebuild the wall around the great city of Jerusalem. That would also include uh, the temple. The main points of Nehemiah and the theme is Nehemiah is learning to serve God acceptably. How do we serve God as a servant acceptably or pleasingly? What does God require of his servants? What kind of service will receive God's blessing? Here and also for the eternal rewards. The position of Nehemiah, to understand the significance of Nehemiah's actions, we must consider the position that he held in the heart of King Artaxerxes. Though he was a slave, he was the cupbearer. So basically, he would taste the wine, taste the drink before the king drank. And if he would die, then the king wouldn't drink it. He also was a close friend, a confidant. And so for a Jewish person to be in this position you know, showed what type of person Nehemiah was. Because the Jewish nation had been completely conquered and there was no armor to, army to be feared, the Persian had loosened, the Persians had loosened their grip on the Jews and many were free to come and go with little restraint. And so that leads us to this report that we find out from Nehemiah's brother. So the first thing we're going to look at is the report from Hanani. In verses 1 and 2, we saw that Nehemiah's blood brother, Hanani, whom he had not seen for some time, uh, visits the capital of Shushan. Nehemiah asked how things were back home in Jerusalem. And the sad reply is given by Hanani in verse 3. Uh, we will reread that. And they said unto me, 
The remnant that are left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Sadly, today, we have a same sad state of affairs here in our country and all around. Uh, but too many times, uh, we want to put our head in the sand and not see the condition. You know, I know that at our house, we don't watch the news very much. Um, it is certainly disheartening. And how easy it could have been for Nehemiah also, you know, not to want to hear, you know, what was going on. You know, he had a very cushy position in the palace. But he wanted to know what was going on in Jerusalem. You know, do we truly want to know what's going on in our country, in the world today? Because as Christians, if we did, what we find out would really be disheartening and saddens us. And I know here on a Wednesday night, you know, this group, as we pray, you know, we often pray for our country. We pray for the evil that's around us, uh, Lord, that the Lord would take care of that. Uh, but, again, it is a very similar picture today as in Nehemiah's time. Quite a sad uh, state of affairs. And we often assume that somebody else is going to do that job. And we will see throughout this study that it should be you and I as Christians that take up that mantle you know, to do the work for the Lord, just as Nehemiah does. You know, no one else is going to serve God, win souls, give to missions, teach a class, unless it's us. You know, we can't always depend on somebody else to do that service. Everybody needs to get burdened to do the work for the Lord. Nehemiah is about to become God's man for the hour. His life's calling is going to be laid out in front of him. He's going to learn something very quickly that nothing is accomplished without action. No winning without warfare, no victory without vigilance, no opportunity without opposition, no success without sacrifice, and no blessing without a burden. And again today, you know, if we want to see this church exceed in bringing the Lord to this community, if we want to see souls won, if we want to see lives changed, you and I and every member of Memorial Heights will need to get on fire and get that same type of burden. We find that Nehemiah does indeed get that burden. He's mightily used of God. He leaves his position in the kingdom and rebuilds the wall in just 52 days. So what is the key to his success? Why is he so used and blessed of God? What does Nehemiah have that we may not? Let's examine the scriptures and find the keys to the blessing of God that Nehemiah had upon his life. And so the first thing I want to look at is the response of Nehemiah, the response of Nehemiah. Let's look, look at verse 9. It says, But if ye turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Nehemiah realizes that Jews are God's chosen people. 
and that Jerusalem is the sacred city of God that he chose to put his name upon. He realized afresh the high and holy calling of his people and the place that Jerusalem holds in the heart of God. The purpose of God had been thwarted because of sinful idolatry in the nation. Israel was to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. They had miserably failed to fulfill God's plan. This is very applicable in the churches today. You know, we are to be a light in the world. But sadly, too many churches today, that light has went out. And it's usually just a social gathering. You know, our prayer is that Memorial Heights would never be that type of church. You know, how many churches today were once thriving and now have their doors closed on a Wednesday night? Or their doors closed on a Sunday night? You know, our prayer is... A year from now, you know, there's twice as many people here on Wednesday night. That souls are saved every week. You know, that should be each and every one of our goals. So how are we going to, you know, change the world, change our community like Nehemiah? You know, we look at a lot of these Bible characters and think that they have something special that we could never achieve. But if you and I knew the Lord is our Savior, we have all that Nehemiah had. We have all the blessings to be a servant as much as he has. So he saw the design that God had for Israel. Do you and I see the design that he has for the New Testament church? The second thing that Nehemiah had as a response, he saw the destruction of the walls. Nehemiah saw the fall of the walls as a sign of an inward failure. This outward physical situation was a symbol of the inward spiritual condition of the people of that day. The walls of old-fashioned preaching, praying, morality are broken down all around us in this once great nation. It begins with carelessness and then leads to lukewarmness and then turns into powerlessness. And we see that in a lot of churches today. Nehemiah also experienced despair in his soul. He began to weep and pray and fast over what he heard and envisioned as the condition of his beloved city. You know, I like that we as a church you know, have been fasting you know, for a youth pastor for a number of months now. You know, we come out on Wednesday nights and list a, a number of prayer uh, requests. You know, we should be doing it more. You know, look around us. You know, look at your family. You know, look at the situations around. You know, there are so many burdens all around. You know, we should be on our knees regularly, you know, despairing over the condition that we see around. God is using this to prepare Nehemiah for the great work. And the first thing he does is he really has a heartbreaking burden you know, for this people. You know, do we have that heartbroken burden for the people around us? We'll never get the burden for the work of the God or get involved in that work nor feel a part 
until we allow the weight of it to really hit us. You know, have you ever felt the weight of the Lord, whether it was an individual, you know, whether it was a mission, you know, whether it was an area of service that the Lord was calling you upon? You know, when you feel that burden, hello, Mabel. Will you be quiet now? I acknowledge you. Um, but that true burden, and it's something that you, know, you will know, you know when it hits you. Um, recently, and in, in a lot of you we've talked about, uh, my wife and I took a trip, uh, a bus trip for work. Um, it was interesting. We'll leave it at that. Others know more details, and we could talk later. Um, but um, we had a very inexperienced driver. We'll leave it at that. A young lady um, who shared throughout the week you know, her life stories and a lot of other stories. And even today, Crystal was just burdened for her. Uh, no parental figures in her life, you know, no, nothing around. And you know, it's just weighing on Crystal. And, and she is that type of person that really can feel a burden. And there's those type of people all around. They're in our families. You know, they're in your place of work. You know, they're in the place where you pick up food. You know, they're all around. We have lost and dying people that we should have a burden for. And I'm so thankful that we have a church that has such an outreach program, uh, whether it's the WANA, whether it's working with the missions, you know, that has a burden you know, for these people. We have loved ones that are dying and going to hell. Surely we should be able to get a burden for those people that are on their way to a Christless eternity. We can cultivate you know, this burden for our church, for the missions program, for your um, Bible study class, for our young people, for our youth, and what they're going through today. You know, if that doesn't break our heart for them to hear some of the stories that are out there, our family, our friends, our co-workers, you know, we need to have a despair for their souls. And the last thing, Nehemiah determined to do something. In verse 11, we'll take a look. Nehemiah says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of, the, of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah determined to do something. He determined to do something. Nehemiah asked God to prosper him. That was to give him an opportunity to do something about the terrible situation that he had just heard. He became determined by God's grace to get involved. For four months, he prays and fasts for God's leadership in this matter. He knows it will take a miracle for him to be allowed to return to Judah, but he is determined that that is what's going to take place. The next thing I want to look at, the road to the burdened heart. You know, what led Nehemiah to this burdened heart? One of the most important things is he realized the importance of the wall, this wall that was not completed around Jerusalem. He knew that the temple was exposed to the world, to the Canaanites, and therefore very vulnerable to the enemies. Though Nehemiah was safe and shush in the palace, he got burdened for the welfare of others. 
Today, in 2023, we as a church need to erect some walls on a number of different areas. The first is, going back to the basics, is salvation. You know, we need to realize that people are going to hell without Christ. You know, too many times, as I said before, we have men and women in churches that don't believe that there is a hell. There is a literal hell, and people are going to it each and every day. We need to realize that without salvation, you know, these people are lost. And the importance of coming to know the Lord as their Savior. We also need to know the importance of service. What are we really doing today to serve the Lord? What am I doing? What are you doing? Too many Christians believe all they need to do is to show up to one service a week and they are serving the Lord. You know, there is so much out there for each and every Christian to do. But unfortunately today, a lot of churches, like a lot of other groups, you know, there's a very few people that do 90% of the work. And again, I'm talking to a great group that's out on a Wednesday night. You know, but why don't we have the number of Sunday morning attenders here on a Wednesday night? Now, granted, some are working, and there's certainly some legitimate reasons. But as a Christian, are we serving the Lord? You know, are we use our talents for the Lord? What are we doing for Him? And also, also separation. The wall did indeed separate Jerusalem from the world. You know, do we still today have walls up for our Christian life? Preachers, again, need to erect walls of separation around their churches. We need some old-fashioned standards in the lives of our people once again. We understand what sin can do in an individual's life. You know, we need to have hard preaching on sin and warn our people about making provisions for the flesh, as the scripture talks about. There should be standards you know, in the education of our children and grandchildren, in music, in dating, relationships, worldly amusement to be set before our members. You know, sadly, uh, a lot of these walls have came down throughout churches today. We also need to realize the insight of the Lord. We have to get honest with God and seeing things as they really are, as God sees them. You know, we need to realize you know, when we have a lack of compassion, lack of spirituality, lack of power, and our lack of involvement. But once we get a burden, we will be honest about our own condition as Nehemiah was and face our own reality as Nehemiah did and revealed in his prayer that we see in chapter 1. And when we read his prayer, we see a few things from his heart and how he became burdened. The first thing is repentance, as we see in verse 6. It says, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. And so we see the wickedness, not only of Jerusalem, of the Jews, 
but of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah doesn't put all the blame on everybody else. He starts with himself and his house. You know, how easy is, us, is it for us to look around the country and say, you know, it's everybody else's problem. You know, I'm here attending a solid fundamental church. I'm doing my part. But we all have failed as a church. You know, we need to do our part, and it starts with us. What does God see in the ruins of our soul? Jude 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, do we see and live that holy faith in our lives? You know, is that the type of Christian that we are or that we're striving to be so that we will have these burdens? Also, Nehemiah remembered God's past blessing. In verse 10, he said, redeemed by thy great power. Whenever a Jew talks about being redeemed, he's talking about nationally when God redeemed the nation from Egyptian bondage, bringing them through the Red Sea. Nehemiah based his prayer on what God had done for the Jews. Our prayers also should be based on what Christ has done for us on the cross that gives us access to the Father. In Hebrews 10.19, it tells us, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You know, do we take advantage of that blessing that we have and enter into the holy of holies, you know, to come face to face with the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. Nehemiah also recognized his position. In verse 6, he says, now these are thy servants. Nehemiah was a servant of the Lord, and so are you and myself if we are Christians. Are we truly serving him? and looking for him for help and blessings. Nehemiah reclaimed God's promises. In verse 9, it says, Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou hast commandest. Nehemiah knew the words of the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it tells us, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Nehemiah knew that, and he was beseeching God for that promise. Also, in Leviticus 26, 8 and 9, it says, And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. Today, do we hold God to his promises? Such as 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, and are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, do we take that promise to the Lord, and ask him to forgive us? Nehemiah never worked until he wept. He never toiled until there were tears, and he never determined until he despaired. The report he received from Hanani changed his life forever. 
No longer could he remain unchanged, unchallenged, and unconcerned. There was no fervency nor faithfulness without a burden. So what are the results of a burdened heart? The first thing, it will make you sympathetic. It will fuel your tears. No more cold, lifeless formalism for Nehemiah. No more going through the motions in monotonous drudgery. He now sees a great purpose in his life in serving the Lord and serving the people. Jesus was moved with compassion. What does it take to move myself to you or yourself you know, to serve the Lord? Also, it resulted in making Nehemiah steadfast. Burdened servants cannot be discouraged, distracted, or detoured. A burdened servant has a vision, has a goal, a priority that eats at him and drives him on whatever his service is for God. You know, too easily today, you know, we can be distracted. And Satan knows exactly what it takes. You know, whether it's relationships, whether it's hobbies, whether it's money, whether it's physical needs, you know, Satan puts things in to keep us from doing the Lord's work. You know, if we want to be like Nehemiah, we need to be steadfast in whatever area of service the Lord has called us. It will also make us successful. Burdened people will bear fruit. Psalms 126, 5 and 6 reads, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Those that are burdened will accomplish what the Lord has set before them. That will make you, that will make myself successful. One man with a burden is worth ten without it. God is not looking for a man or woman with personality, talents, education, or intellect. He's looking for a man or woman in whom he can place his burden for his work. Is that you and is that I? And it will also stimulate prayerfulness. Furthermore, real true praying is the result of a burdened heart. You will find Nehemiah continually praying throughout this book. If you want God to hear your prayers, pray with a burdened, broken heart concerning his work. Ezekiel 22.30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the land, that I shall not destroy it, but I found none. Uh, what a sad passage uh, that we're going to end with tonight, but I'll leave you with two questions um, looking in then forward to next week. One, will he find one in you? you know, will you be a Christian that would help stand in the hedge here at Memorial Heights Baptist Church? And will you seek the Lord in prayer for the burden that he has for you? The burden that he has for you may be different than the burden that he has for myself. You know, seek the Lord in prayer and see what he lays in front of you. Let's close in prayer.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we will be in your house tonight. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's here. Uh, Father, I thank you for this uh, book of Nehemiah. We thank you for the servant. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the work that he did because he served a mighty God. Father, we too serve a mighty God. And Lord, I just pray uh, that we would be zealous to serve you in these end days. Uh, Father, as we look around this country, we know that wickedness abounds. But Father, we thank you, uh, Lord, that we have all the power to defeat the enemy. And Father, tonight we know that we're a very needy people. As we prepare to go to this prayer time, Lord, may you um, just hear from us, may you answer our prayers, and may you continue to uh, live out uh, your life you know, through each and one here in Memorial Heights Baptist Church. We love you, we praise you, we ask this in Christ's name, amen. All right. Is That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you'd like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. If you've never joined us in person, we have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12 meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our WANA program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. Again, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon. But until next time, stay faithful.